the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Welcome to Dreams Not Memes Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Dreams Not Memes. I'm here with my friend Audrey, who is based in Indonesia. Uh, right now, it is 5 a.m. in Indonesia, and Audrey is the first person that I've talked to from Indonesia, and Audrey is a musician, and today we're going to uh, talk to Audrey about her story. How's it going? It's going great. Yes, it's 5 a.m., and um, we're still under lockdown, but other than that, pretty cool. <laughs> I hear I hear You know, uh, the U.S. is in a very tricky position right now. We're not on lockdown again yet. Yes. <laughs> so that's all I can say. <laughs> you know, so I definitely, I definitely feel that. So uh, tell me, how did you get involved in, in music? Mm-hmm. Like, what was your journey like? So um, I started when I was about three years old, actually. And because my parents um, enrolled me in like vocal lessons and out of nowhere, I just um, told my mom one day, um, mom, I think uh, I want to start learning how to play drums. And I was very serious about it. And she was like, okay, so my four-year-old wants to play drums. Um, <laughs> and it was a little bit hard um, back then to like find a teacher who wanted to teach, you know, little kids and stuff. So um, finally we got a place and my mom was like, okay, here's the bargain. If you want to learn drums, I'll let you but you'll also have to learn piano along with drums. And I was like, okay, I'll take any chance. You know what? I'll do both. Okay. So um, I started playing drums, piano, and I started singing. And for some reason, um, I really liked performing and stuff like that. So I kept going on and about like third grade, fourth grade, um, I started um, like finding myself liking piano more than drums, <laughs> which is what I started with the first place. And I was like in competitions, I was classically trained. So it was a lot of like um, practice, compete, practice, compete. It was more of that kind of routine um, while still doing school. And during that, er- in that time, I was like, I don't really feel like school anymore, but okay, you know what, let's keep going. And uh, I started learning how to compose. Um, d- um, for some reason, my music school at that time, we had like this program in which um, they encouraged all of us to compose songs and they'll showcase us and make us compete in like, okay, Asia um, and Asia Pacific level and then an international level. So um, during that time, it was very competitive. The, the whole environment was just like, okay, we're out here practicing to win. So I was like, starting to find myself struggling with, you know, doing school and doing music because we had to practice six hours a day. And um, I was also very um, competitive in school. So it was kind of being, um, starting to be a fuss. So by the time I reached um, sixth grade, seventh grade, I was like, mom, I don't think I want to do school anymore. Cause um, you know, I kind of want to do music and my parents being very Asian were like, hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure yet, but uh, my mom was pretty okay with it. My dad was more of like, but what if you don't have like a formal education? How are you going to find a job? How are you going to make a living? And uh, around that time, for some reason, I got um, scouted into this kind of like um, 
I started hosting a music show. So what I did was like sing on it a lot. So it's on TV and I had a pretty steady income um, from singing, performing, composing. And that was when uh, I kind of tried to win my dad over. I was like, oh, but I'm making money. It's not as bad as it seems. You know, um, there's like ways to find a pretty stable income doing this thing. And in the end, they were like, okay, you know what? Yeah, if you don't want to go to school, okay. As long as you, uh, you know, find a proper certification for your music, you know, then it's all good. And so I pulled out of school, started doing music full-time, started producing. Um, I do, um, so now I'm like more of doing everything. I teach as well, teach piano, drums, and theater. And I still produce my own stuff. I produce for other artists as well. And also, uh, I do a little bit of jingle um, sync work here and there. Yeah. Kind of how I got into it. A really long story. No, 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 no. It's not, not too long of a story. And, it, and it's really interesting because, like, uh, you know, musicians aren't people that work a structured nine to five. Like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people think, like, you know, we wake up at three in the afternoon and then like, you know, we do a little drugs and then play our instrument yeah. and then goodbye. But really we're hustling 24 seven. So, For you sure. know, it's, it's a real grind. So yeah, I like that you share that. So let's take a quick break and then move on to learn more about what you're doing now. Quick message. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Dreams.Memes. Please make sure to follow Dreams.Memes Podcast on your preferred streaming channel or on Instagram at Dreams.Memes Podcast. To support Dreams.Memes Podcast, feel free to contact me at adaywithoutlove at gmail.com for advertising or sponsorship opportunities. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, now we're back. So let's talk about first you finding yourself as an artist. What was that process like for you as a creator? Mm -hmm. So at the start, I wasn't like very keen on, you know, being an artist myself. I was more of like, oh, I'll make stuff for other people. Um, I'll compose, um, you know, behind the screen. Um, that was my um, thought process at first, but um, the more I started, you know, performing a lot I was like everybody's um always asking like oh yeah you sing really well but do you have your own song like do you do your own stuff and I'm like um not really uh I guess somewhere across the journey I was just like it might be good if I had something of my own so I thought of okay if I'm gonna do it then I'll probably have to you know put my head into it so I was like um, I really like producing as well. So I was like, okay, let's self-produce everything. Um, try to make ends meet. And since I, um, I'm like, I don't have like an agency or a management or anything like that. I'm not signed. Um, it's kind of harder since, um, you know, when I'm working with other artists, they're like the ones who rent the studio, they have a big budget to spend. And, and I don't really have that kind of budget right now. And I'm like, you know, I'm still 19. I'm still, um, you know, trying to make ends meet. So I kind of work in a really low budget 
place, you know, I'm just like in my bedroom with my MIDI recording into my laptop mic that I try my best to mix to sound like a professional or mic. Uh, yeah, but right now, yeah, I'm more of a singer songwriter type and I still do a lot of like jingles though um, for commercials and just a bit of like film score, but I'm still under another producer for that because still trying to learn and you know grasp the ropes around everything because uh, you know I don't really have um, somebody who you know guided me throughout the whole professional process. True, true. And you know it's really impressive like just at 19 to be able to teach to self-sustain yourself uh, to be in jingle writing and also like have your own work. Uh, before we talk about like how you balance all of that what sort of jingles are you writing or jingles that you're interested in writing? Mm -hmm. So actually um, the way I got around to this is more of like um, a senior in my music school was like, oh yeah, you can sing and you do demos, right? And I'm like, yeah, 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 for sure. So um, we kind of like uh, figured out a workflow in which, you know, I help him, but he's the one who kind of, you know, composes the stuff and orchestrates the stuff. I just, you know, write the lyrics, um, give him my input, I'll record everything, and then I'll send it over to him. So that's kind of how I got into it. So it's more of like, a, you know, advertisement. So more of like, um, there was like um, a gover government campaign song, that kind of thing, corporate songs and stuff like that. Just like, yeah, stuff like that, I guess. No, no, I, I mean, I think <laughs> a lot of people forget that like music is everywhere. It's like in your boring training you get when you get a new job, it's in commercials, mm -hmm. it's it's yes. in airports, it's it's everywhere and someone's writing that and that someone's you in, in some cases, so yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so how do you balance or feel balanced in you know being able to do so many things with music like how do you make sure that like you know you don't lose it all to be honest <laughs> right now my mom is still kind of helping me with the whole you know schedule thing especially sure. um before the pandemic hit I was singing a lot live for like you know national events and like sometimes tv stuff and it's kind of hard to you know memorize all the schedules whilst you know having to have that much creative juice to start producing and stuff so I was like I don't think I can do this on my own and my mom was like okay you know what let me do it and she does a really great job as well because she's very meticulous about these things so um she kind of reminds me when I'm going you know out of bounds when I'm focusing on too much on like one thing and like neglecting the others she's kind of there to like you know put my ass in place <laughs> <laughs> would you say, would you say, no, no, I, I hear that. <laughs> I was like, oops, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> no, no, it's completely fine. So like, would you say your mom's like your manager in some ways? Yeah, uh, for okay. now she's more of my momager, yeah. <laughs> momager, no, that's a good one. I mean, hey, there, there ain't no shame in that, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of big artists that have their mom as their manager, you know what I mean? So that, that's completely real. <laughs> I completely respect that. So like, let's talk about, you know, your future goals. Like, where would you like to see yourself, you know, moving forward, whether it be next year, this year or 10 years? Mm -hmm. 
I'm really looking into, um, you know, once this pandemic is over, I really want to go back into performing because that just gives me a lot of, you know, adrenaline and stuff. Right now I'm teaching, I'm kind of struggling with that, but um, hopefully by the end of um, this thing, you know, I'd be able to teach offline, that's much easier. And my long-term goal is, I guess, to just, you know, make a really good living out of, you know, producing, especially for other artists and stuff like that, while still kind of, you know, trying to grasp my way into like mainstream industry here in Indonesia, maybe, you know, film scores and stuff like that is what I really True. want to do. True. It's kind of hard to... <laughs> What's it like being a creator in Indonesia? Like, are you always hyper local to where you're at? Are you traveling a lot? Well, no one's traveling now, but like now. <laughs> <laughs> the past couple of years for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, in Indonesia, it's a little bit hard because I grew up speaking English instead of like Indonesian because I went to an international school when I was younger. So um, um, artist-wise, since all my songs are basically in English, it's kind of hard to you know push through the market because um, it's not what the market wants commercially. Um, but other than that, you know, I'm always like singing and performing. Sometimes we um, do like small tours but I'm more, most of the time I'm still here in Jakarta because I guess it's where most of the people speak English as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but like mainstream industry is a little bit harder to break through because the music that's popular here is um, sadly not what I make that well. So it's kind of hard for me to balance, um, you know, being ideal and trying to, you know, appease the market as well. So yeah, that's, just like you know I don't think it's just Indonesia though I just think that anywhere you are you know there's some kind of you know battle with being ideal or like commercial right so I guess sure. I just took it up so like for people that like you know just click and play because you know they listen to this podcast mm -hmm. could you tell us like what do you create versus what is popular in Indonesia just so mm -hmm. people have like an idea so the type of music I make is I'd say it's pop, but um, people tell me it's like not, you know, um, as easy listening, but uh, music here is more of like a ballad type, or we have this thing, it's kind of like a folk type of music, it's called dangdut. So we have that, and that is really um, very popular here. Uh, so, and I guess just, you know, music that's in the Indonesian language, of course, is what's most popular as well. But since I make kind of like preppy music uh, and I tend to use, you know, stuff I have around the house, you know, I'm just like clanging on my pots and my pans and trying to record that stuff. I guess it's not as easy listening to be fair, but yeah, I guess that's kind of the boundary. True, uh, true. You know, I can even say from listening to you, you're 100% a pop artist. I literally tweeted like, hey, I'm talking to a pop artist in like 20 minutes, you know, from, from Indonesia. But like, at the same time, accessibility is so weird, uh, especially in this time, because at one end, it's like, I'm really popular on the internet. And then once you go to a show, you're like, wow, five people showed up, you know what I mean? And then yes. you have to like question, and, and then the inverse, you might play to a crowded show, but have no internet presence. So then the question is like, do I appease the internet? Do I appease the that community? 
or do I just keep going on tour? But you can't really go on tour now because there's a whole virus <laughs> yes, that's affecting exactly. the whole world. So yes. it, it's all it's all really weird. But like for you, uh, when you as you find your audience, you know, mm -hmm. do you plan to tour specifically just in like you know Southeast Asia slash Pacific, or do you plan on doing like a few international runs and things like that? I guess it's according to my budget because sure. you know yeah, that's, the real <laughs> that's the only problem right now since um even like uh looking at my spotify analytics and stuff like that um most of my audience doesn't really come from indonesia so it would be great if i could go you know outside of indonesia and when i perform here i'm kind of singing stuff that's more um, you know whatever is popular we just rearrange everything make our versions of it but you know it's not our compositions that we're kind of selling to people. So I guess I kind of keep that separated, you know, what I'm performing here in Indonesia and what I perform when I'm, you know, doing online concerts for like an international audience. So yeah, I kind of keep those identities kind of separate. True, true. I, I noticed that like, unlike a lot of artists, you're, you're very practical and realistic. What do you think led you to be this practical like you're using analytics for example i'm very data driven myself uh to like you know justify my decisions like what do you think it is that led you to having that level of discipline do you think it was your parents do you think it was like breaking out of school and going entrepreneurial mm -hmm. so my my parents as well are very you know data driven because you know they just like seeing stuff that is real and that's exact um, but uh, I guess I kind of like took the heart pill when um, to solo when you know I, I went out of school and then um, there was a lot of things that happened and I'm kind of like you know supporting my family as well financially so I'm like I don't think I'm allowed to make any decisions that would you know kind of ruin the balance between everything and you know um, yeah I guess I just really have to be efficient with what I'm doing with what I'm spending as well to you know promote music to you know just like facilitate myself making music and as well so i guess that's kind of like how i learned to be practical i just have to be or else we're gonna you know face a lot of problems as a family true. as well true that's very true and also good on you for like you know putting your family as part of your dream and the consideration because uh you know that that's not common at least over here it's it's usually like <laughs> I gotta get all the money, <laughs> but you know, so I, I definitely respect that. What would you say is the biggest growing pain that you've had to overcome in, you know, chasing your dream and getting better day to day? Mm. I guess it's mostly um, since I was in such a competitive environment, I guess it's, you know, I think a lot of classical and um, musicians kind of experience this, but you know we're just constantly being compared to the next best person, and we're constantly told to you know practice. You can't um, you can't take a break at all. You have to keep practicing, and at the same time, I still have to do a lot of other things. Uh, I had school back then. When I went out of school, I had to work as well. So I guess that's it. Um, you know, kind of like being compared to other people. But other than that. Um, I kind of, you know, am competitive myself, so I kind of took it pretty well and pushed through. Uh, other than that, it's just, you know, financial stuff, because, you know, music is music. Um, 
at times there's um, a bare minimum that I um, earn, but of course um, you want to earn more and stuff like that. And it's kind of like an up and down when it comes to that, because not all the jobs are, you know, constantly there and it's not a set schedule. And of course, like um, with me working with artists that are not from Indonesia, um, that also means I have to really, really sacrifice my sleep because, you know, one day I'm working with somebody from the Philippines, um, luckily they're only one hour ahead, and the next day I'm working with somebody from London, so yeah, I guess it's just sleep that you really have to sacrifice and try to keep yourself healthy as well, because the next day I have to teach my kids, and uh, I have to go perform, so I guess that's it, but it's not too bad. True, true. How much sleep do you think you get day to day? There are days that um, I go two days straight without sleeping, almost three. But when I get to sleep, my my mom is always behind me, just like you have to sleep, you have to take care of yourself, you know, and stuff like that. So I guess again, she puts my ass in check, so I can't really <laughs> do much. And uh, so it varies. Um, sometimes I get once I'm done with like a three day no sleep marathon, I would sleep for 12 hours straight without waking up like a dead person. You know, keeping it real, I used to be the same way. Like, uh, I'm 32 now, but when I was 19, I was the exact same way. Cause like, I I started music late at 18 and Mm. at 19, I was like, I gotta get good. So like, I would play guitar to take a break from studying and sleep like 30 minutes a day. Sometimes I have three days. So I, I completely relate. True. <laughs> yeah. And, and caffeine and uh, power smoothies were my friends. Of course, caffeine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you at least take naps? Um, if I'm in the car for some gotcha. reason, I gotcha. probably will take naps. But I wake huh. up in a really bad mood, so I, I try my best not to take naps at all because... I don't know. Car rides are not my thing. No, no, I, I get it. I get it. I know. I get it. I get it. So, like, as an educator, I would definitely like to talk to you about that. It sounds like you you teach digitally, right? Mm-hmm. Right now. Mm-hmm. So, what, what has it been like to motivate others while also doing the thing? Like, do you ever do? You, do your students ever look at you and like ask about your recordings or the projects you're working on while teaching? Yeah, actually, a lot of my kids are like interested as well in what I'm doing um, as you know, mm-hmm. producing and stuff. They're like, oh, I really want to do this thing as well. So sometimes, you know, I'll call them after class and, you know, we'll have a good chat. I'll probably help them learn like basics, even though it's like not in the curriculum and stuff, you know. Um, mm. And I guess, you know, there's also, uh, I try my best not to do this, but sometimes you kind of like, compare yourself to your students as well like oh she's doing much greater than I was doing when I was her age or the other way around you know like uh, sometimes you know the kids complain I'm still five I'm still like in fifth grade I can't do this and I'm just like when I was in fifth grade I was doing uh, but it's like not a good thing but sometimes it happens and I really have to wake myself up from doing that Uh, but other than that I guess it's really um, helpful as well for the kids since um, I can kind of help them learn the ropes to the things that are not um, in the curriculum at all. Since, you know, I teach vocal, then the school wants me to teach just strictly vocal. But sometimes the kids are really interested in like songwriting 
and just like basic um making um basic production so i guess i kind of try my best to facilitate that as well so true yeah. true so there's definitely a mentor component to the work mm -hmm. that you do it's not just strictly like all right today we are going to learn the a chord have a nice day <laughs> So. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of hard with kids these days because they're actually really smart. So they'll mm. kind of complain if I kind of, you know, suddenly become really <laughs> strict to whatever the higher ups are telling me to do. They're like, oh, why are you different today? So I try to <laughs> not no, do no, that. No, no, <laughs> I, 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 I could only imagine. Days. Yeah, no, totally. I could totally imagine that. So, you know, to conclude, like, what would like if someone were if you were to like restart your whole journey as a musician or as a creator as an entrepreneur as a teacher what would you do differently um definitely listen to my mom more because you know she was on the right path when she told me to learn piano but clearly i was mm. like no 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 drums is the way uh, that is one and i guess you know just stop wasting time because even though i kind of went pretty fast but i kind of see other people and I'm like, if I did this faster, if I did not waste time, you know, playing around or like having second thoughts, things would be much um, more set in place now where I am. Probably just that and yeah, I guess that's it. I don't think I would do anything else different. I oh, I wouldn't I have gone to an expensive school only to flunk yeah. out afterwards. That's a definite one. <laughs> that's too real and a lesson we all need to remind ourselves of. <laughs> well, th this has definitely been a good episode of Dreams Not Memes. Uh, socials will be in the description. And thank you so much for your time, Audrey. Thank you. Thank you as well. It's been Anytime. a nice time. <laughs> Anytime. Hi, this is Brian from A Day Without Love. Thank you for listening to Dreams Not Memes. I just want you to remember, your dreams matter. If you'd like to support this podcast, email adaywithoutlove at gmail.com for donation information, or follow me for weekly episodes. Thank you for listening and joining my journey. Have a good day.